A note of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, bringing you this week's latest and high-profile and under-the-radar cases across the country. I'm Billy Jensen, and this is Owen Michael. Hello. This week, fishermen find clues in two separate mysteries, one in Indiana and another in the Pacific Northwest. A Phoenix man kills his wife and two kids in a fit of rage over an alleged affair. But first, the biggest story of the week, the disturbing tale of one woman's infatuation with the Columbine High School shooters just days ahead of the 20th anniversary of the tragedy. It's true. Uh, A young woman from just north of Miami Beach set off alarm bells and caused big concern in Colorado this week, you may have heard. Sol Pais, 18, was reportedly infatuated, according to the FBI, with the 1999 Columbine school shooting massacre. She had made credible but not specific threats before and after she flew to Denver on Tuesday. Excuse me, on Monday. She had made alarming social media posts and threatening statements to friends and family and is believed to have kept a disturbing blog. Uh, The threats have not been specified as of yet, but they resulted in the closure of 19 school districts across Colorado this week, including Jefferson County, which Columbine High School is part of. Right. So she reportedly bought one-way tickets, which is never a good sign, from Miami to Denver for April 15th, 16th, and 17th, which is Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week. And she took the Monday flight, which is strange. Mm -hmm. She also reportedly bought a pump-action shotgun legally and ammunition once she arrived in Colorado at a gun store in Littleton, which was two miles away from Columbine High School. Actually, uh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. The, yeah. the the gun shop is, but yeah. uh, uh, she, Littleton is where the... Is where the... Is, yeah, yeah, uh, the gun shop is, is yep. Uh, she passed two background checks, according to the store. You know, the store's throwing up its hand saying, hey, she passed the background checks. Mm-hmm. And I see us, uh, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, and CBI, which is the Colorado Bureau of Investigation check. She had reportedly called the store before she arrived in Denver and had previously sought advice online about how to purchase guns in the state. And there is no waiting period to buy a gun in Colorado. That's true. Uh, Pais was found dead Wednesday morning with an apparent uh, self-inflicted shotgun wound, according to an FBI spokesman in Denver. She was found at the base of the Mount Evans Recreation Area, a Forest Service location uh, for horse riding, fishing, hiking, camping, outdoors uh, stuff. She was found about a half mile up a hill from the lodge there by a stump with a bag and a shotgun by her side. She was wearing a black shirt, uh, camouflage cargo pants, a plaid jacket, and boots. She had had to hike through feet of snow to get to where she was found, so it seems she uh, took some intent to find this little remote little spot to, to do the thing. A rideshare driver had dropped her off at the location. Uh, this spot is about 60 miles west of Denver. It's unclear if it was on Monday or Tuesday when he dropped her off there. It sounds like it was Monday evening. The driver helped authorities find the spot afterwards. Uh, he didn't know why she went there. He said she didn't say anything suspicious uh, on the ride. So she was a student at Miami Beach Senior High School. Her father told the Miami Herald that he had lost contact with her on Sunday, and the parents were cooperating with investigators. A classmate said that Pius was, quote, really smart and had some of the best grades in the class. The Miami Herald also said that she was an honor student. She was very quiet, said a classmate, but she didn't seem weird, said another student about her. Investigators note that most school shooters are male. Mm-hmm. Of course, one of the very first school shooters, which is the I Don't Like Monday shooter, was female. Across the pond. From across the pond, yes. Mm. Uh, FBI agents were investigating a blog website. A blog website they're investigating. I, uh, it was yeah, on the series I, I of inner that. tubes. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Reportedly connected to Sol Pius. 
though that hasn't been officially confirmed. The site had scans of handwritten journal notes signed by Pius. They included drawings of weapons, including rifles, handguns, and knives, and one of a trench coat figure holding an apparent weapon, as CNN described it. And of course, the the Columbine shooters were known as the were part of this group called the Trench Coat Mafia. They did, or at least one of them did, wear a trench coat. That was their the signifier, shooting. right? Song lyrics were included. "Quote unquote, being alive is overrated." Was reportedly one entry. Her online handle has been reported as "dissolve girl." Dissolved girl. Mm-hmm. "Quote: I feel like a pot of scalding water on the verge of boiling over." Another entry read. The final journal entry on the website read: "I want to leave a record of myself before I well." Dot dot dot. Mm. The Jefferson County Sheriff said, uh, the Sheriff's Office said, they don't think that uh, Pais got onto the grounds at Columbine, Columbine High in Littleton. As they say, Littleton is about 12 miles south of downtown Denver. April 20th, this Saturday, marks the 20th anniversary of the Columbine High School shooting. Uh, April 20th, 1999, Columbine High School students Dylan Klebold, 17, and Eric Harris, 18, marched into the school at 11.19 a.m. with guns and bombs. They killed 13 people, 12 students and one teacher, and injured 23 others. The two shooters shot themselves in the head in the library shortly after noon. SWAT teams had gone into the school 47 minutes after the shooting began. Long- Which was really bad. And True. they got a lot of a lot, and then they don't do that anymore. They go right in now, but, right? But um, and, back well, then it was forty-seven minutes. The good. law enforcement uh, they didn't declare the scene uh, under control and, and, and secured until five hours later. Yeah. So, uh, as you recall, there were signs that some students were holding up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, TV cameras captured that they needed help. Uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's. The entire case, obviously, uh, it's it's changed how law enforcement and first responders yeah. deal with school shootings now, and as well as active shooter or mass shooter situations, which uh, unfortunately are becoming yeah. more common. Uh, there were school shootings before this one, as we uh, as we've noted, but uh, the 1999 event marks the unofficial beginning of our sort of current yes. era yeah. of of what we're dealing with. These Definitely, days. and you know that was not. And we've heard experts talk about this, that it wasn't a school shooting. It was a failed bombing. They set up the bombs. They were really more about the bombs. They brought the guns, obviously, and they had a lot of guns. But the bombs didn't go off the way that they planned it. They really wanted to. uh, This really was going to be an explosion type of thing. Homemade bombs. Homemade bombs, yeah. Yeah. So um, they, you know, a couple of them fizzled out, and then they just went shooting. And, um, you know, with this, this girl going out there, she... She buys a shotgun. So at least when you buy a shotgun, you're not going to – it's not an assault gun. It's not even – you know what? You've got you got two shots, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, um, I'd rather – you know, I've always said this when I talk about um, gun control. Yeah, shotguns are great. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for shotguns. It's when the – you know, you get something with a with a clip of 30 capacity. or 40 or 50 that, that, we, that that's bad. And, uh, you know, everybody – I mean, we were we were in the – true crime community we were freaked out about this just because we saw this picture and then we started seeing like pictures of tattoos of of the guys and everything and then we and you know how these guys have been kind of fetishized over you know for disaffected youth nicholas cruz the 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 parkland shooter apparently was very Mm -hmm. uh informed by these guys and he, he was a big fan yeah because they did they left a trail of why they did what they did and they mm-hmm. left they took videos you know and that's one of the reasons why they have become you know there was a shooting actually i believe it was in the upper northwest before this one before um, columbine 
that um, that should have that was really sort of the start of it, but you didn't really hear about it that much because these guys left so much journals and they left video. I mean, there was actually video. There was a lot of video, uh, as you may recall, of them doing target practice out in the woods mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know goofing off and and, and describing what they were. What, what, what they were going to do. do? Look at this! Look at this shotgun. It looks looks like right out of right out of Doom, the old the old video game. Yeah, so. yeah. So the the executive director of security for Jefferson County Public Schools, which includes Columbine High, said, "Quote: We deal with a lot of threats at Columbine. This one felt different. It was different. It certainly got our attention." He called Pius's trip a pilgrimage. Which, uh, by the way, you know, obviously this is amateur opining, but it almost seems like this 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 gal went there specifically almost to this is where I want to die rather than uh, take a bunch of stuff. It seems like yeah. she almost, you know, this is my intent. She wasn't uh, pure speculation, mm-hmm. but uh, it definitely the, between the shotgun, between going to a remote location, yeah. she wanted to be near them or, or with them or whatever. We should also say that. Uh, uh, with the active shooter situations that they do now, one of the big changes that they do is they don't wait uh, until the scene is secure. Uh, a lot of times now they will go in, A, law enforcement, a lot of departments and agencies, the idea is go in and engage that yeah. shooter right away, not secure the Which scene. Which they should, out, right? yes. And even first responders now will sort of mm-hmm. go into uh, more of red zones. Because they're zones. they're more equipped. Uh, first responders meaning, yeah, I mean, definitely the... the um, Medical uh, that medical helpers, AMT but I mean, especially when the first cops get in there, they can't just, you know, at Columbine, they did, they waited and they were waiting for SWAT or they were waiting for this. And even when SWAT got there, they waited. And it's, you know, that's the lesson learned there is that, you know, um, and there's been a lot of, uh, there was so much of, because um, we were, when we were all watching it, yeah. it's like, what are they waiting for? Well, and a lot of uh, hay has been made as well that. With these traumatic events, I mean, the difference of five minutes can be life or can death. Can be life or death. You, you somebody can, sitting there on the ground with a gunshot you, you're, you're bleeding out, and if you can get somebody in there right away, it increases uh, survivability dramatically. Um, so the next story we've got... We should is, say all Den- Denver metropolitan area schools were locked down. Most were closed on Wednesday due to the threats. About a half a million students wow. were affected by yeah. this entire thing. Um, I'm not sure what today is Thursday, the, 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 uh, the 18th. So... Yeah, it's still people are still reacting, and it's quite a traumatic Jesus. event. It's just ahead of the twenty year anniversary. Of yeah, it. and it's also the twenty year anniversary of Oklahoma City. It's also um, twenty year, well, not twenty year 20, anniversary, 25. but yeah, and also of um, you know they all happen right around the same time. Hitler's birthday. I was say, that's uh, that's often been cited as one Waco. Of the, the, it's the all thing. it's yeah. all around the same. Yeah, the nineties were a well time. April twentieth. Yeah. So we got a sad story out of Phoenix. Austin Smith, who is thirty years old, he comes home from a bar. Last Thursday night, about 8 p.m., he confronts his wife, accusing her of having an affair. She denies it. The argument escalates, and Smith allegedly shoots his wife, and then he allegedly kills his two daughters. He then reportedly drove over to the apartment of the man that he believed his wife was cheating with. That man is his brother. But a family friend answered the door, and Smith shot him dead and shot two others there, seriously injuring them with a second gun, which was a rifle. Uh, it's true. Uh, he shot two of his daughters. Uh, he had uh, a third daughter. The third one was not injured. Officers arrived at the scene, and they found that three-year-old girl hiding under a bed. Police say Austin Smith told them he chose not to kill her because, quotes, she reminded him of himself. They, uh, police say Smith shot his 29-year-old wife in this altercation, then shot his five-year-old daughter. The oldest daughter, seven years old, died of blunt force trauma. Uh. 
Police say Austin Smith beat her to death with a baseball bat. He said he killed her because she was crying. The other daughter, as I said, was five years old. Smith's uh, wife was 29. Uh, At the second scene, a 47-year-old woman was shot. Uh, She's in she was listed in critical condition, and a 33-year-old man uh, sustained serious injuries. It's unclear, but it seems like the 33-year-old man is actually Austin Smith's brother. Uh, At that second scene, uh, police say that Smith shot the guy that opened the door with the handgun then went to his car and got a rifle as the other two were attending to the man who was shot at the uh, at the doorway he then took the rifle up or t- to the to the doorway and shot these second uh, these other two people yeah so he was uh, apprehended in his car near the second crime scene police say smith told them quote in god's eyes it was all right for him to deal with someone in this manner and that God had told him to do the things that he did. Uh, Arizona Central reports that Phoenix police had referred Smith to a psychiatric facility in November last year after a neighbor reported Smith had a gun and was yelling about people trying to kill him. Police impounded three of his guns, but they returned all three to him a week later. It's unclear, it's unclear if any of those guns were used in last week's incident. Police said a 9mm handgun, a 45 caliber handgun, and a 223 caliber rifle were used in last week's shooting. And he's been charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, and aggravated assault. There's uh, The first scene was actually found because at the second scene, uh, someone had expressed, someone at that scene had uh, expressed concern for the, for the suspect's family. That's when cops yeah. went and they did a welfare check on the first scene. That's when they found this horrifying scene where, you know, uh, the dead family and the three-year-old girl hiding under the bed, which is, uh, you know, awful. The fact that uh, there's going to be some questions, obviously, the fact about his mental instability and the fact that they took his guns for a week and then gave him back. Um, that's your, your mm-hmm. neck of the woods there. So uh, Yeah, sure no, I think, th- yeah, we're definitely going to be hearing more about that. Um, the, you know, Phoenix and, and Arizona in general is a mm-hmm. is very much a Second Amendment state. It's yes, a it right is. to carry state. Gun enthusiasts. Gun enthusiasts. Um, it's a very libertarian state, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be interesting to see what shakes out um, from this because you're dealing with the intersection, which you often are, which often gets clouded, which is the mental illness issue of of this all. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about somebody buying a gun in this case. And when they did background checks at somebody that actually had guns, was referred to a psychiatric facility, had those guns taken away, and then the authorities figured he's okay and then gave the guns back. I don't have the uh, the details here, but uh, essentially they the police didn't do anything wrong here. He the the procedural situation here was observed, and they did not have any legal recourse right. to hold his guns or him. So he was uh, the, the the guns were returned to him. So that's uh, it's a tragic series of events there yeah um so to indianapolis we have a fisherman who found a human foot in a pond last week police preliminarily i uh, confirmed the foot which had a tattoo belongs to naja farrell naja i believe naja farrell who had been missing since march 15th dna tests are still pending the 30 year old woman has two biological children and three foster children she had just started a job at Panera before she disappeared. Police are declaring it a death investigation and her disappearance suspicious, but have found no further evidence in the pond and the surrounding area after searching with divers, sonar, dogs, and a drone. 
They can't call it a homicide until they have more details. Uh, police have, during the search, they've record, uh, excuse me, recovered personal items of hers uh, in different areas around Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, they later found her abandoned car <clears throat> in different locations, as I say, around Indianapolis. More than 30 search warrants have been served so far and 40 interviews conducted. More ponds are reportedly being searched. Avon Police, Indiana State Police, and the FBI are investigating, excuse me, are investigating, and they could use any information from the public in the area about this case. Um, it's, uh, yeah. it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, the, so when you, when you find body parts like that, the first thought that you have is maybe this was somebody that was cutting off... Um, uh, feet, hands, and head, mm-hmm. uh, which you, which has been, and then he was tossing each in in different areas for just to purposes. for identification purposes, just to put as much distance as he can between him and um, the time when he did this and the victim. So, um, reportedly, the tattoo on this foot is the woman's name, Naja, which mm-hmm. is what uh, obviously part of the identifying identifying characteristic. They're they're doing DNA on it, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's but because because then it gets weird because what he I don't want to I don't want to give it but if he was smarter he would have taken the tattoo off before he would have you know what I mean and then just uh, you know burned that and that but you know listen I don't want to give anybody ideas but that's that's what you would have seen with a more sophisticated killer mm-hmm. than this or I mean if it if it might have been that. Um, I don't know how they said that the foot was actually cut off. Was it was it chopped? Was it sliced? Was it could have been a, a rotor from it was a rag- raggedy or whether a, a rotor from a uh, from a boat maybe that she had been you know there, a there's point. a lot of different ways that it could have happened. But uh, or if this is a crime of opportunity and then somebody's doing a sloppy cleanup. Yeah, but if this if this was a disappearance and they're calling the disappearance suspicious, uh, we're going to hear more about this case and we'll get, keep everybody updated on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, prayers to the family. Um, we have a strange uh, story out of Northern California and the Pacific Northwest in general. Uh, a man suspected of cutting a woman's head off with a samurai sword mm-hmm. last year was found dead in a river. John Doe was pulled from the Feather River in Yuba City, California, which is about 40 miles north of Sacramento. Uh, it's pretty far up there. Uh, about one year ago in April 2018. The body was not recognizable due to being in the water for so long. The body uh, was found by a fisherman. Another fisherman did a, a grisly discovery here. body was found by a fisherman near a bridge right downtown. The body was wearing women's clothes. Sheriff's investigators began circulating photos of the man's tattoos. They received tips, and they confirmed that this month through DNA, DNA identification, the dead man is Jacob Gonzalez, who was 33 years old. Right. And uh, Catherine Cunningham, who was 26, her decapitated body was found in March 2018 on Camano Island, about 60 miles north of Seattle. A couple looking to buy property there found her body near a gun and ammo filled bunker. According to authorities, it was a real bunker, a hole dug six feet deep into the side of a hill, the type used by survivalists, police said, with a ladder leading into it. A friend told police that Gonzalez was a bunker nut trying to live off the grid, the Washington Post reports. And that same month, Cunningham's abandoned car was found in Northern California. A samurai sword was found in the trunk, and lab tests showed Cunningham's blood was on the blade. And Jacob Gonzalez's DNA was also on the hilt of the sword. So he was charged with murder last June, and a million-dollar warrant was issued for his arrest. And it's unclear how Gonzalez, who drowned 
ended up dead in the river hundreds of miles away from the Washington crime scene. This, uh, this Kamano Island apparently is uh, almost like sort of a wealthy enclave, you know, uh, a, not quite a private island, but a place where the wealthy people from Seattle and that kind of thing uh, tend to have second homes and that, that type of place, which is why how this place got discovered. But uh, apparently this woman, Cunningham, and this guy, Gonzalez, were on again, off again. They had both been in, uh, I believe it was the Air Force Reserve. They'd been uh, service members. And this guy's obviously described as a survivalist, not kind of a uh, thing pardon the nut but uh uh yeah it's it's unclear the guy's obviously on the run mm-hmm. whether he fell into the river whether he met with some uh, ill end uh with somebody's yeah bad intent or or who knows what but it, it's a mystery and uh it's a it's a bizarre story we'll keep posted on that yeah. one and we know more so we also have a quick update to the Thomas Burchard case that we told you about two weeks ago, I think it was. Mm -hmm. The case of a 71-year-old child psychiatrist from California who was found beaten to death in the trunk of a car abandoned in the desert outside of Las Vegas. That's right. uh, Kelsey Nicole Turner, a 25-year-old female model who's uh, done work for Maxim and uh, Playboy Italia, as I understand, whose rent Burchard had stopped paying last year. She was arrested in the case. Uh, on Saturday this week, a 30-year-old woman was surrendered to police in Las Vegas after she was named in a warrant charging her with conspiracy and murder in Burchard's death. Diana Nicole Pena was Kelsey Turner's roommate in Las Vegas. Use of tear gas was cited in the warrant. Wow. And a third suspect, also believed to be Turner's roommate, named John Logan Kennison, 27, is still being sought on the same murder and conspiracy charges. If you remember, we talked about it. Uh, the man was heavy. Right. Uh, this this model would not have been able to get him into the, into the trunk and move him around. So um, we were, like most people, it's not like we're geniuses, but we were saying that there's probably more to this case and there's, there might have been somebody else helping her. You, re- you recall this Thomas Burchard guy was, uh, was helping out to various women over the years. He had uh, given this particular woman uh, close to $300,000 over, over a period of about six years. He was paying her rent. Uh, this man, Thomas Burchard's longtime girlfriend, had said that she knew about his relationship with these women and, and appeared to be platonic, and he was helping them out in a sort of, a, I don't want to say a sugar daddy situation. Mm-hmm. But I uh, think we can safely the, say it was kind of a sugar daddy situation. It seems that way. Yeah. Who, who knows uh, what the actual uh, interactions were here, but uh, he met uh, an ill end here. So, yes. Now it's time for the comments, the comment string that is uh, the, the one of the more, you don't want to say entertaining here because this is a, um, uh, deals with um, drug addiction, again, like so many other crimes do. But uh, on our Facebook page, which is the most popular Facebook true crime page in the world, the most active true crime daily, um, and there is a woman from Texas, not Florida, but Texas, who told police the shards of meth in her purse were actually her healing crystals, which probably is sort of... In a way. In a way, they are. And our faithful commenters brought it... Healing crystals. Brought it. almost sounds like an Arizona type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Lee M. said, it's healing her, all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cheryl A. said, and the bars of her cell are hugging sticks. Enjoy them. (laughs) That's funny. That's good. Uh, Chantilla H. uh, said, just by looking at her, I can tell the crystals are working. You go, girl. And then uh, Iram L. said, her face 
is basically saying, wait, you don't believe me, but, but, but I'm the princess. Go to truecrimedaily.com and you can get a look at uh, all these stories. Uh, this one in particular, though, is her mugshot. She looks remorseful. She looks sorrowful. She does. She do, does look sorrowful. But you know what? Um, you know, again, new age healing crystals, crystal methamphetamine. There's a Venn diagram somewhere in there. And we will put up a phone number for um, uh, drug addiction and drug counseling on the website, too, because uh, it's getting out of hand, certainly with the opioid epidemic. But, mm-hmm. you know, we went from crystal meth and crystal meth being um, in the spotlight, especially with Breaking Bad. Now it's kind of moved over and the spotlight is the opioid epidemic, but mm-hmm. crystal meth is still out there and there's still a lot of people using it. Uh, it does tend to uh, resurge over the years, but uh, yeah, the, the, the various yeah. prescription drugs uh, mm-hmm. have gotten a lot of people yeah. out there. So you can check out our content on YouTube and Facebook and truecrimedaily.com. And don't forget to download our weekly podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Also, if you have comments or questions about the show, call us up and leave a message at 888-548-9758. We'd love to hear from you. Be advised, your recording may be used on the air in any of our future podcasts. Again, that's 888-548-9758. Call us up. Chime in. Tell us what you think. We'd love to put you on the air. We'd love to put you on the air. And um, this is... uh, you know, uh, as opposed to me just reading these comments, we'd like to hear from you, and you can definitely hear people's inflections. Inflections matter. Inflections matter. That's it. So until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you... Don't do crimes. See you next week.